Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This month marks the third anniversary of this podcast, as well as our 50th episode. So before we get into anything, I just wanted to say a very sincere thank you to everybody who has listened to and supported this podcast along the way. Uh, Thank you for enjoying our weird little venture. Thank you to everybody who has helped make this podcast happen. It really does take a village. Uh, And of course, thanks to Sidious Mag for their support as part of their podcast network. Uh, This week's episode is a little different. Uh, We have longtime friends of the pod, Dana Giordano and Ben Bosworth, on as co-hosts to interview me as our episode's guest. We get into some behind-the-scenes stories of the podcast, things that have never been shared before, uh, some hot, spicy takes, uh, and some pretty funny and real moments that have happened over these last three years. Uh, Even though there's not a big name attached to this episode, I definitely think you'll enjoy it. Um, So make sure to listen, like, subscribe, download, do whatever it is you do. Thanks, as always, for your support. And until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. This is your 50th episode? Um, so we already 20... did the 50th episode. Actually, uh, Heather was the 50th episode, but um, this so this will technically be like 52 or something, but it's for the 50th episode. It's like the commemorative 50th episodes. episode. Well, I also have been doing it for three years, so. <laughs> I know. I'm have you added up the total content time? Um. I mean, Wait, yeah, like, hold on. Let's get started before we <laughs> talk about this. Um, oh, yeah, you kick us off, and then we're just going to jump in. Yeah, awesome. All right, so welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. Um, we have a very special uh, episode this week in that uh, the guest, I guess, of this episode is me. I'm here with uh, guest hosts and, and longtime friends of the pod, Ben Bosworth and Dana Giordano. How's it going? Doing great, David. You look good today. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad that the audio medium people will really, will really <laughs> be able to appreciate it. You know, yeah, this is we're like this another... far apart. Yeah. This is like it another is... birthday for you. Have you discussed your birthday Zoom on the pod? Um, no. <laughs> we could talk so about that. I'll give you a little. This is, you know, as we're talking about celebrations. So for David's birthday is normally a celebration. And we weren't able to celebrate together. So we celebrated apart. And I don't know which one of your friends decided to make a Google Doc and get different people into a massive Zoom. But there was was a lot of people. So it was also March. So like just for context of people, like this was like probably the second week of like everyone being locked down. So like it was very, Zoom was still like new to people. Like this was not normal for like to have massive video chats. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was kind of fun for me. Honestly, I'd never heard of Zoom before quarantine. Like maybe this is just me being out of the workforce for a moment um, running in circles, but I had never heard of Zoom and there was just people coming in and out and then you had your time slot and you came in and then everyone kind of stayed after their time. And then Meb Kivaski had a cameo that someone set up, which was so cute. And he was so sweet and just wishing David happy birthday. And then like, 
two minutes later, the next person, Cole Townsend, local Boston guy, jumps in and is like, just chug two beers. I'm so drunk right now. It was so, so, yeah, just to clarify. So, like, I'm not friends with men. Like, so Chris, Chris Hausler, who is uh, the former Run Weston run concierge, um, is friends with Meb and sort of as a nice... Um, as a nice jester got Meb to like come on the Zoom and say happy birthday to me, which was super nice. This whole thing was a surprise. Like I literally just thought I was uh, Zooming with like Johnny and like Lewis, I think was who had like first reached out to me. I think they were the masterminds behind it. But yeah, then like there was 25 people on and it was super overwhelming. And then Meb was on and then he just stayed. Well, Meb <laughs> stayed like... and I, I don't want to throw Cole under the bus. Sorry, Cole. No, throw Cole under the bus. To... <laughs> I'm not gonna I just think it was funny because we were all surprised as fellow guests that Meb was there as well but Cole didn't really say he was so drunk he like drank a beer and then went for a run and then came back he also, so it was just he kind also of a peed. funny thing he was like uh, he was on mute but like he was like holding his phone while he was like peeing <laughs> and, like, I don't, I don't remember those, that part <laughs> it was one of those things where it was like it was fully he thought it was just like our friends and like did not necessarily look at everyone who was in the Zoom. And it so was funny. Like, Honestly, shout out to Cole for making at least the month of March for me for that. Yeah, yeah and, and that just fun. sounds like he showed up appropriately to David's birthday. Yeah, David's birthday like, with Meb is a different is a different story <laughs> that nobody knew was coming. Everyone was very uh, on their best behavior uh, because he was in the Zoom. Like there was a lot less banter than, than maybe there could have been. <laughs> and the squares were so tiny, you couldn't really tell who was who. Yeah, it was very, like I said, it was very, it was lovely. It was like, I felt so loved, but it was very overwhelming uh, because it was kind of like hard to process. Like, and there's a lot of people that I hadn't seen in a little while. So like, somebody would jump on and be like, I could talk to you alone for an hour, but there's 24 mm-hmm, other people. Mm-hmm. Like, well, was, back yeah. to run your mouth, the purpose of this podcast. I'm going to kick it over to other co-host Ben to ask the first question about the pod. Oh, geez. Uh, the first question I'd want to ask is something that maybe after 50 episodes, people or you may have forgotten, but like, why did you want to start a podcast initially? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I didn't, I mean, <laughs> not, not that I didn't want to, but basically like the origin story of this was that um, our friend Taylor Bickford, who uh, is a Boston runner and uh, baker had started a pop-up bakery in the Tracksmith Trackhouse. And someone somewhere got the idea to do live podcast recordings um, in the track house to kind of drive traffic to the bakery in the mornings when people weren't, you know, necessarily going into shop for clothes. Um, and Lewis basically came to me and was like, you listen to a ton of podcasts and you like talking. So do you want to start a (laughs) podcast? And I was sort of like, I mean, yeah, sure. That sounds fun. And like, um, you know, kind of the idea, I thought about it for a couple of days and thought about kind of what I liked and didn't like about podcasts and running podcasts specifically. And one of the things that I feel like a lot of running podcasts are very much like standard interview format and like can be really good interviews and have good, I mean, Dana's podcast is a great example. Like I think that 
her, she's like really figured out a way to kind of make the interview format unique and like engaging. Um, but in terms of someone like me, who's just like basic white boy, like pretty standard, like angle on things. I'm like, I don't want to just have people on an interview them. I kind of want to have like a little bit more um, of an interesting spin to that. And one thing that I love about a lot of the podcasts that I listen to that are more um, like comedy focused is that like a lot of them are very comfortable with like going off on tangents and being more conversational. And so I kind of thought I had of the idea of like, well, what if it's like, it's like a long run, but it's recorded where you're just like mm -hmm. on a, you know, hour and a half long run with your friends and you're just like having all these stupid debates and like, um, that's kind of what the essence of like run your mouth was initially. And like, especially on early episodes, like tried to have a lot of like really prepared questions of like, what's your gimmick mile or like, what's your like favorite burrito place or like, um, have fun games like like two truths and a lie and stuff like that um, and like still do a lot of that stuff I think now that I'm more comfortable with like the podcasting format I think it's I've, I'm like less pressured I don't know if you feel this way Dana but it's like now that you know how to do it more you don't feel like you have to put as much like prep pre-research into like an episode because you can do that more off the cuff but um, I think the difference for me is that I just got like such a pang of jealousy hearing you talk about like that bakery in the track house like that was such a fun time and like when we got to all like be together and watch other people do podcasts and like actually have the opportunity to be near I feel like so yeah. far away it's nuts oh but I only I've only done two in person because I started during quarantine because I told that bandwagon this yeah and, so we uh, used to have them every you did yours all week. in person right and they were always in person and like especially the early episodes you'll hear like the sound the sound quality is like a lot worse and like um like especially early guests like I got a lot of like really good interesting guests like Dana was I think our third or fourth guest and was like that was an awesome episode but, I'd love like, to I should go back and re-listen quite honestly that'd be kind of funny do you ever do that do you ever re-listen to your own episodes um not unless I'm like specifically looking for something not really I will say when Woody broke 13 I like went back and listened to his episode because it was really interesting because like when he came on the podcast he was like really injured like hadn't raced in like over a year and was like pretty down on like running so him going from like that to sub 13 was like a really interesting contrast I know like one of the things I really liked about your, like your episode was one of my favorite early ones because we talked a lot about um, like relationships and like, it was to me, it just like felt like we got kind of serious, but we got serious in a way that like you and I naturally would have a conversation, like not talking mm -hmm. about like chasing the dream of running or like balancing a curve you know I mean not that that's not like a, again like that's a valid conversation to have but that's just not necessarily like that wouldn't come naturally to me to have that conversation with guests and so like I remember really liking your episode in that like it was the first episode where I felt like oh like this could be a silly funny goofy podcast but we can also kind of like get real in a way that like other others wouldn't so like I definitely I definitely have like things I've gone back and listened to like parts of old episodes to try and like remember exactly what someone said about something or something like that but I, I don't really re-listen to a lot of them start to finish 
So you obviously knew Dana really well before you interviewed her, but is there anyone where you feel as though the podcast itself like resulted in you knowing that person or feeling like you knew them a lot more than you did before? Someone maybe you didn't know that well initially? That's a good question. Yeah. The, the best example of that actually is the first time Marty Heher was on the podcast. I had never met him before. And he was, I think, maybe the first one I recorded outside Boston because we recorded it in Philly. And I had literally, I'd only known him through like friends of friends and he agreed to do the podcast and, you know, always heard good things. Like, oh, super nice guy. Like, it'll be a great interview, blah, blah, blah. But like, he opened, like, basically like literally opened the door to his apartment and like immediately, like right off the bat, like was just so friendly, like so like it was like really like it like marty's such an annoying person in that like he's such a good guy there's like nothing to it's like almost annoying how little there is annoying about him <laughs> and so like he was one of those people where like it was so easy to talk to someone i'd never talked to before like right off the bat so he was kind of like a good he was like the best case scenario of that like there definitely have been people that like have been good episodes but like it's not it's not as um like it's not as flowy either because they're not as comfortable on mic or because like their guard is up or whatever I actually talked to recently um our friend Cole Rockhold who is on the BAA um he came on the podcast and like he's kind of like he's a mysterious person kind of like he's kind of hard to figure out and part of why I was excited to have him on the podcast is like I'm like oh I'm gonna like crack this nut like I'm gonna like really get at the real coal and I kind of didn't and it was like kind of mm. frustrating um and and I, I when I like people have asked like oh what's your favorite what's your least favorite episode and I will sometimes say like that's my least favorite episode not because like Cole isn't great and that like the episode that like came out wasn't like worth listening to just that like I felt like I had a really specific goal going into that episode which I don't always and I don't like feel like I accomplished it I've had the experience with my podcast that I'm not gonna name names but sometimes you're like "Ooh, should I even release it because once you started building up what you want to create and you, I, I totally get what you're saying. Like you didn't get what you wanted out of it. And you're like trying to think about who would listen. Do you think about that when you're putting it out there? Cause I know you just got all serious. You're not on the city's platform, but you kind of started this for like for kicks and, you know, kept it going as a passion project. Like, yeah, do you think I mean, about those kind of things or is it more like, I'm just going to put it out, whatever. So I always think about it. Like, I like, I mean, I remember one time someone was like, do you, like in my DMs on Instagram or whatever, was like, so do you have a job aside from the podcast? I'm like, I make zero dollars. <laughs> I lose money on this because I pay for my SoundCloud account. Like, um, but like, uh, I the nice, the freeing thing about that, like I've like I've actually talked to Chris about this a little of kind of like, do I have kind of like a long-term like desire to like monetize it and start doing ads or whatever? And like, honestly, I feel like one of the nice things about this podcast for me is like, I really, because I have no pressure to do it, it, I only have people on that I really genuinely want to talk to. And like, I tend to only like, 
I, I tend to have conversations that where I'm like, if nobody, like I would say some of the podcasts, like listen numbers wise, I think some of my favorite episodes of the podcast are some of the less listened to ones, just because it was like a conversation that I found really interesting, but that wasn't necessarily like the biggest name or like the most like mass appeal. Um, I will say, like, I think in the editing, like that's where it becomes difficult is like, I, I've definitely, the amount that I have to edit is definitely like dependent on the guest where if like someone's really not like gelling, that's when I feel like I'm kind of like smushing content together to kind of like create a more of a flow than there maybe like naturally was. Do you have like, you know, people you really want to get on the podcast? Like, are there, are there like a, like a kind of like a on the bench group that you think are going to be the next people that you have on that you really want? Maybe you can't say that. Yeah. Um, the, actually two of the most recent episodes of people that I'd like wanted to have on for a long time, like, um, Heather was somebody that I've just like been meaning to have on forever. Um, and then Morgan Pearson, who we just recorded, who will come out this week. Um, that'll be cool. Yeah. So like, those are both people that I've wanted to have on for a while. I will say like the, the number one and the top two people that I like always say like, Oh, who do I want to have on the most? Um, I don't mind putting it out there. Cause you know, so the worst can happen is they say yes, <laughs> but uh, is uh, Ali Ostrander who is like, I think just one of the funniest people in the sport. Um, and then Craig Angles and I actually like have talked to them both about it. Like, and it just hasn't like um, come together. Like we're actually, gonna do it at the after the last chance um Ali was in town and then Craig I was gonna do it this summer but he was like moving and stuff so it hopefully they will come on eventually but um yeah it, it I definitely I don't necessarily have like a long list of people but like there's a lot of people fortunately like I know a lot of people I'm running who are really interesting and like I know there i there's also a lot of people in the sport of running who I'd be like more than happy to talk to. Like, I know people are talking about like Kyle Merber doing an exit interview. Like I would, I mean, I don't know if I'd be like an exit interview person, but like he's somebody like I'd love to have on. And like, uh, honestly, there's like a lot of people who like, <laughs> if anything is like in the back of my head where there's like, there's certain people where like, and I won't name names cause like that could come off the wrong way, but there's certain people where I'm like, would love to have them on, but want to have them on in the right time. And there's either stuff coming down the pipeline or like they're injured right now. And like, it wouldn't be a great vibe. Like I've definitely had that thought of like, oh, and this person, like after this race, like I definitely want to have this person on or like once this person is healthy again, or like I've definitely had that thought Yeah, process. because right now the focus might be too much on that specific situation that's coming up or, or going on with them and that might take over a little bit yeah yeah do you find that some guests are too scripted that people have done a lot of interviews yeah well I think one of the things that definitely happens with people I don't know as well is that like when I have them on I think they are very much expect that it's going to be like like every other running podcast <laughs> and then like once I start asking them about like Star Wars or like, you know, like 
what their like first car in high school was like I think that that's like one of the things where like I think there's definitely there's like a icebreaker process with a lot of the episodes of people that I don't know as well personally or or maybe who just like aren't as familiar with the podcast where it's like I can definitely feel them like warming up to the vibe over the course of the episode (laughs) I have a I have a follow-up speaking of the vibe this podcast is called Run Your Mouth. You are known to run your mouth and say what you think and what you believe in kind of this unfiltered, uncensored way. What's the most trouble you've gotten into because of the pod? Because of the pod. Um, and I would also say like, I, I think I mentioned this to Boz especially, but like all the questions don't have to be about the pod. Like you can ask me anything about me. Like put me. No, I just honestly want to ask this question. (laughs) I want to ask this Uh, question and then I want to ask one other about the pod and then we can move on. But this is something that I just want to know because you're not afraid of it. I have never gotten, at least to my knowledge, like I feel like maybe, I feel like if I got in trouble for something that was like said on the pod, like it probably wouldn't be something I would like I would get in trouble for but like rather like somebody like wouldn't want to come on because they heard that I'm like controversial or like I think about that all the time is like the balancing act of like I like that we're kind of like a we're like keeping it real <laughs> to like use a cliche but like I like that it's a little more um loosey-goosey than other pods um but I also don't want to create an atmosphere where like especially more like established pros and obviously I don't want to get anyone in trouble like I think I would be way more comfortable get one way more comfortable getting myself in trouble than getting like any <laughs> guests in trouble but like definitely don't want to create an atmosphere where it's like people are afraid to come on because like they might like say something or I might like put them I might put them in a corner or something like that like I definitely you're not don't trying want to that. expose them like that's not what you're trying no. to do you're just trying and to I think that them. people understand that like I definitely there was definitely like a little bit of like a hoopla over like Sam Parsons episode when he came on. Cause like, he was just like very forthcoming right off the bat and like told a couple stories that like, weren't like bad, but like maybe could have just like come off a different way now than like us just kind of being like, oh, we're shooting this shit in our own little way. But honestly, the biggest thing that I worry about with the pod is that like a lot of times we'll tell stories about like, drinking related things and I am sensitive to the fact that like not everybody listening to the pod is like 27 so like I don't want to necessarily like it sounds cliche yeah it's like I don't want it sounds cliche but it's like I don't want to make drinking seem cool to like high schoolers (laughs) like you know it's like I think it's like important to I think it's important in the broad scheme of like understanding that runners have a balance and that like you know, there's, um, you know, that, that we do have like fun stories that like sometimes will be like, you know, involve like, oh, we were really drunk at this party one time. But like, I definitely have had episodes where I've like cut out drinking stories just by, cause I'm like, okay, this is like the third, we were drunk at this party story <laughs> of this podcast. And I don't want it to seem like this is like all we do. <laughs> Yeah, and if there's, like, a college coach that wants to play this for his team on the way to the long run or her team on the way to the long run, like, you know, you're going to have to take okay. some of those out, right? Yeah, no, I mean, again, Does it's like, and I think happened? that... Do people do that? 
I don't think so. <laughs> Do you play podcasts? No, I don't know. Just, that's a real question. That's just messing with me. But uh, would, no, it's just like, I mean, <laughs> it's more like, you know, it's like when I started, my brother is 18 now. So he was what? He was 15 when I started. And I like, you know, he like was running track in high school and like, especially, you know, people like Tin Man or like Nikki Hiltz or whatever that have a lot of like really impressionable young fans that like really like genuinely like, look up to them for like good reasons i don't want to i don't want to create like the vibe of like part of being pro runner is just like fucking around with your friends all the time like my my follow-up on the my last pod question is you need to tell us about the the battle and the triumph of run your mouth versus run your mouth oh god i've never told that story in the podcast yeah that's uh that's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if people, like, this, is, this is in a way, this is maybe the most like trouble I've gotten in, in terms of like, actually felt like there was consequences to like what was going on. But basically there were, there are still, I think there's still a thing. Um, there are two podcasts called Run Your Mouth. One is this one. Um, and one is a like, vaguely comedy adjacent like kind of like not like it's too extreme to say like alt-right but like very like anti-peace they might they might want to be joe rogan who knows yeah it's like kind of in that vein um and they and so i one time was just like going about my day or whatever and i got like two weird tweets and like, I'm not a big enough deal on Twitter where like, if somebody asks me, like, I notice it's like, if somebody's in my mentions, I'll notice it. Um, and it was like something like weird about like something to do with my podcast and like not being good. And then they tagged some guy or whatever. And I was like, I couldn't figure out what they were saying. And it didn't seem at all related to anything that I had said on the podcast. And so I went down this like rabbit hole of like trying to figure out what it was and basically figured out that they these other run your mouth guys had found my podcast and i guess were mad because it had shown up like higher in search results on like various search engines than theirs um and went on like probably like a conservatively like 20 minute rant about me like kind of trying to like in what I, if I'm being very charitable, I will say, in what I think was a playful attempt to start a rivalry, um, like basically just like came after me, didn't didn't really understand running, didn't really understand what the podcast was, but were like, fuck this other guy, what's this guy's deal? Figured out, like went to my social media, figured out that I was in Boston figured out that I was gay made like a lot of like pretty fucked up gay jokes about me including like jokes about like me like dying from AIDS which is like not a great look and then basically like told their follower played a clip for my podcast on theirs and then like basically told their listeners like yo go attack this guy on twitter and like tell him to change his name and then like also gave like really specific like like literally said like 
it's recorded at Tracksmith that's on Newbury Street in Boston like just kind of like really all said with the tone of a joke but in such a specifically attacking me way that it like made me feel kind of unsafe honestly so Mm -hmm. like I like like reported it like had told a couple of my friends about it like including I think you guys who basically were like wow this is like I was like oh I think I'm overreacting but like these other guys were talking about me and like anyone who listened to it was like this is horrifying like you need to report it like this is like harassment and like hateful and whatever um and so basically like the long and short of it was like a couple people reported them and they like had to take down the episode and they like basically fortunately for me they didn't have like a big enough following for it to like affect me at all um because I literally got like two tweets and that was it but then they recorded like a follow-up where they like complained about like like PC culture and like censorship because like their like podcast got taken down but then as far as I know they've like left me alone ever since then but yeah it was like got real real for like a couple of days there and was like pretty fucked up um they were just the worst kind of people who did a quick Google search and they made a lot of assumptions about you. I think at one point there was some anti-Semitism in there and you're not oh, that's Jewish. Right. They were like talking about it was my like, nose. Yeah. it was wild. It's like they decided they'd never heard of you or what you did. And they just decided to go at you. And I remember being on the Apple chart, like delete, delete, downvote, like one star, the whole thing. Uh, but you know, that was, if that's the worst controversy you, you get, I mean, those guys, hopefully they've disappeared. And yeah, I felt very defensible. Honestly, my big thing is like, and actually I felt this way a lot of like, this is maybe a whole separate conversation, but like on a much, 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 much smaller scale, like sometimes felt this way in college where it's like, I was like the first out gay person on my team that I'm aware of and like people were like super cool about it obviously but like every once in a while there'd be like a kind of uninformed joke or like somebody like making a statement that like didn't quite sit right and like I'm the biggest like I don't know just like thick skin will laugh it off like won't bother me or whatever but I always think like situations like as I mean this is like an extreme example but like situations like this I'm like you know, there, there are a lot of people out there who could be really, like, really personally hurt by something like this, you know, and it's, like, that, to me, is, like, what pisses me, like, it's not even that it bothers me for it being me, it's more that, like, I get pissed knowing that there are people out there on the internet who are, like, willing to attack people like this, and not everyone has as thick of skin as I do, and, like, that sucks, because, like, people you shouldn't have to be like a like egomaniac asshole like I am to like survive on the internet like you should be allowed to be like vulnerable and like not have to worry about like you being completely your appearance and everything about your life being like dissected and like attacked for no reason just because you exist and it like honestly more than anything else like that was my small dose into like what being a woman on the internet is like every day. <laughs> like, and that's like, honestly, just like, I mean, it, that's part of why I try to be like really vocal about like a lot of like the more problematic issues we have with like the way we talk about like women's bodies and trans athletes and stuff like that, because it is like, there's so much 
it's so easy for people to make targets out of people in a way that is so easy to do on the internet that can just like hit so personally home in the way that like you're just like fucking typing something into a keyboard like that that's nothing to you but that could change someone's life you know like and that's like one of the things that I think like that's like one of the lasting things about that that I think about all the time is like that could have really that could have done real damage to someone if it was a different person than me on the other end of that you know Thank you for so sharing serious. that. Oh, yeah. It was serious, but I think it's important to know that, that you're very multifaceted. And that's part of like the journey of where where this podcast is gone. I mean, that's that's part of it. That's a lesson that maybe a listener could could learn now, having heard that story. So yeah. Important. Ben, I think you need to ask David to lighten the mood about some hot takes. <laughs> some hot takes. Mm-hmm. Huh. Pick the topic. All right. If one, I've got one more podcast question. Which okay. Is okay. Kind of a hot take. What's all right? Edit that part out. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it, it's kind of a hot take, or it could be depending on how David answers it. But like, what's one specific person that you have one specific question that's like your dream to ask? Ooh, and the hotter question. the take, the better. Like, what, like one person you want to have on so you can ask them this thing. Do they have to answer like truthfully? Is the is the caveat like they'll answer? whatever they want or like you just oh, it's open-ended like they're going to answer the way they want to answer i actually have kind of a funny answer about this <laughs> well then let's just hear it um i've joked but probably never actually would say that if i had um craig lutz on the like very first thing i would ask him about would be the nxn boner and like <laughs> i He's like been asked about it a couple times in interviews. I think in a flow track interview once, but like, I think they you were- You could see my face right now. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so in like- David just share a screen. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah, I have it saved. It's my wallpaper. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I did not I mean I even pull it up. I mean, I feel bad because it, because that's, because the thing is, is like, I don't think I would- I think it's haunted him for so long that I would feel bad being like one of the people to like, because like I'm friends with Craig and like, he's a really great guy and like an accomplished runner, obviously. But like, that is one of those like things that is like just prevalent enough in his like history that it like comes up and you can tell like every time it does come up in like an interview or something, he's like not, he like plays it off well, but like, I don't think he likes talking about it. And so my like, joke answer is that I would ask him about that on a pod but like I don't know if I would actually have the balls to do it but basically the long and short of it was in like I don't even know like 2009 or 10 when he won oh no not when he won and I've said it was when Lucas first Vegas won and he got third um he like went up for the post-race interview and like again this poor kid like he was like a senior in high school or whatever <laughs> like his shorts it was a very windy day and his shorts were arranged in a way that gave the appearance like he had a boner and like it like it easily could have just been a short situation but in the video it like looked very distinct and so it like went all around to like reddit and let's run and like it was kind of one of those things where if like, if you were minor Ben's age, like, and you were in high school and like cared about like running, it was like, 
the funniest thing in the world that happened that week <laughs> but like it just like it's one of the and it's like basically lost to the lore of history because like kids these days like I don't even know if they know who Craig Lutz is like let alone like know about the Craig Lutz boner incident but like that was like I think that was for me like I remember like that was one of the first times when I even paid attention to like 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 good elite level running because like one of my teammates on my cross-country team like showed me this funny video <laughs> is that a good summary Ben you're nodding yeah. along I, I, yeah yeah no I mean that's yeah that's a good summary that's a good answer and that would give him an opportunity to clear the air if he feels like he needs to do that yeah. maybe on some of the other podcasts or wherever he's had to talk about it before he wasn't able to get candid enough to really say how he felt. Yeah, I think like Blow Track asked him about it once and he like kind of made like a joke answer about it. But like, it, yeah, I don't know if anyone's like really held his feet to the fire on it. But like for a long time, like that was kind of one of the main things he was like famous for. Would Craig Lutz in college have a running YouTube channel? I, I wanted to bring up running YouTube too. That was my next uh, hot <laughs> You like that? You like that transition yeah, there? That's great. There we go. Um, I don't, I mean, I actually didn't follow it. Like he was actually, aside from that, like that video. This is not like, about Craig Lutz. This is about running you know, YouTube. <laughs> yeah. He was a little before my time where like, I didn't really start, like, I didn't make like following running outside of my own running a like part of my life until probably like senior year of college. Like I knew like of like pro runners and stuff, but like, I don't, I wouldn't say I was like fully like a fan of the sport outside of like doing this sport until like well into college. Mm. So who is your favorite running YouTuber? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is what's good. This is what's going to get me in trouble. Is like, the yeah, it's it's up, your favorite, your favorite. See, I wanted to know if there was a rivalry here between running podcasting and running YouTubing. Yeah, well, I made a joke about that on Twitter the other week where I was like, I hate running YouTube, like me, a running podcaster. <laughs> yes, well, did, yeah. I think they just probably think it's like the boomers having a podcast. I think it's like... a generational thing where it's like, I, and, and God, there's no good way to say this, but like my main, I've talked about this with both of you, I think, but it's like my main beef with running YouTube is that I actually do think it like has the potential to be a really valuable part of like, runners like storytelling and track and field but i don't necessarily think that like the current crop of youtubers is like doing a good job like i just feel like the bar is so low for quality and that like no one's being pushed to like really be interesting with <laughs> their running youtube like it's just like videos of like running set over rap music and it's like okay cool <laughs> this is fascinating but uh that but you said, watch uh, them oh god well this is the rabbit hole i went over over the christmas break but um no i mean i if i had a favorite i don't know if i like consume enough of it to have a favorite i will say i think morgan mcdonald is like pretty funny and i know he has a youtube channel and i watched like one of his videos and it was pretty funny and i was like okay <laughs> but there's so many people where it's like there's so many, it's, it's kind of like the podcast where it's like, there's so many people I think are so interesting, but aren't necessarily like the world's most like well-known people where it's like, if you pointed, if you give them a camera and time, like 
they could have the best fucking running YouTube channel in the world. They just are choosing not to, you know? I just want to know how well, everyone has a friend who loves running and knows a lot about running, but doesn't run themselves. So they get to sit in the car and film the running. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know where that person plays in my life. I don't have one of those. I want one of those. I'm taking applications. <laughs> who wants to be Dana's camera bitch? <laughs> no, my camera friend. They, you know, we'll do it together. It's a collaboration. But every it's that's what I don't understand. It's like, well, I think this I mean honestly, cool. It's cool. I, I find it very cool. Where do they come? I from? think it's incredible that like, and I'm not just saying this because I have a lot of friends that are running photographers, but like, I think like running photographers are like absolutely the unsung heroes of like the sport. Where it's like, you know, I mean, you know, everything Tin Man has done, like they've been able to do because they have a Joe Hale and a Ben Weingart and, you know, people that are, that are helping them, uh, you know, Max McCann, whatever his last name is. Um, but like, you know, and jo- uh, our friend Justin, like, you know, his like, I mean, not just like in terms of like, oh, we have cooler Instagram pictures because we have friends that are photographers. It's like, no, I think like having literally having a lens on the sport enables people to understand a lot more about like what it actually means to be a runner at any level like elite or not and like yeah it's like the you know (laughs) it's like they they're in a the fullest of sincere ways it's like people who are doing that level of like storytelling like are really the people who are, like they're what makes it interesting to like have a running Instagram you know it's like there none of that not none of the social followings that anybody who's big on social media has would be possible without the people helping them tell that story you know yeah and, and I mean like other sports might be on TV or they might play games so much more often than runners get to race especially now so I think like having them be able to document things aspects of the runner's life, et cetera, is just like so important for, you know, visualizing the sport and putting it out there. Yeah. Like I remember like, um, do you, do you guys remember, I think I posted it recently, but it's like Adidas did that ad series year, probably over a decade ago. There's like runners, they're different than others. And it was like taking a shit in the woods and like changing outside your car and like kind of all the weird things. And like, to me, it's like, that that's the value add of like running photographers it's like there will always be the kind of like you know getty images somebody crossing a finish line at the olympics like photos like those will always be out there but it's the people that are able to tell like the people that are able to put like all of the things that we inherently know about like what it's like to be a runner like into visual form like are like the ones that are actually make it interesting to like be a fan of running you know yeah, that ad campaign sounds like an early version of like a running meme, basically. Yeah. Or just you know, like, like it's a shared experience that everyone can kind of see and be like, oh, wow, that makes sense. Like, Yeah, it's like everybody who's ever run for any meaningful period of time has like taken an embarrassingly public shit because like they literally had no other option. Like, you know, Charles like, River. Shout yeah. out to the city of Boston not thinking that public toilets are necessary during a pandemic. <laughs> Honestly, like one of the things I've like kind of 
I've toyed it. I can't decide. I have like a weird line with like I can't figure out what the like not safe for work level of the podcast that I want there to be. Like I obviously like swear and stuff, but like I do think like a good like you know how Chris is like tell your best drug testing story. Like I I think a good run your mouth question would be like what's the most embarrassing place you've ever had to like take a poop on a run. But I don't know. That would be a good. That would be a good question because I feel like everyone has a story of some emergency, and yeah. my mom. This is actually so funny. My sweet mother was like, "Have you ever had to like go in public?" And I just like started laughing at her. I was like, "Mama, I've been running for how many years?" Like what what kind of question is that like the fact that like that crossed her mind is an option and i just thought it was the funniest thing yeah like the i think like everyone's and that's kind of that honestly is kind of like the vibe what i hope is like the vibe of the podcast where it's like we have all these shared experiences that aren't necessarily just like it's hard to run a lot like you know and it's like that to me is like that's what makes it that's the weird blurred line of like elite runners and non-elite runners is that like no matter whether you're you know Matt Centrowitz or like you know number 15 on your high school cross-country team like you've probably had to prove an embarrassing place before like <laughs> there are unifying things that are that are interesting and relatable you know David, if you were a professional runner, which team would you join today? Ooh, wow. Um, I don't see, I don't know if I'd want to be like, and, and this is like an interesting, I think you've struggled with this a lot. Like, and hopefully I'm not like putting you on blast by saying this, but it's like, I've thought about that where I'm like, if I was good enough, like would I want to run full time and do nothing else? And it's like, I do think it's hard for a lot of people to commit that much of their brain to something. And like, I think I'm one of those people where like, I don't, if I, if somebody was like, for whatever reason, we're going to pay you, you know, your exact salary or more or whatever to just like run and do nothing else. Like, I don't necessarily think I would be a better runner. Like, cause I think, I think, working a little less would probably make me a better runner but like I do think I'd always want like a, at least a side hustle you know um but anyways the, the answer to that question uh I I think that from what I've seen at least like I mean I think Jerry Schumacher is the best coach in the country and like if you can get on Bowerman Track Club like you should like <laughs> um that's just my like personal take I guess and from what little I'm not like a big like training nerd like I don't necessarily find like the like comparing the training theories of different crow groups and coaches that interesting but like I do from what little I do know like I feel like that's the move that being said like and also they live in, well when they're not at altitude it's like they're in Portland and like I think Portland's a pretty cool city um that being said, as is well documented, I love Boston. I like never want to leave Boston. And there are a lot of great pro groups in Boston. Um, honestly, I think like my real dream would be like if I could 
maybe not start, but like if I could build a pro group with the people that I think would be good fits and like the coaching and the resources and stuff in Boston and just make like like a Boston super group, <laughs> like I think that would be like the dream for sure. So you'd be like the centerpiece of a Boston, a Boston pro running group. Not even necessarily the centerpiece, but like I think like or like I think it would Boston has a lot to offer in terms of like resources for runners and like I think like if I could honestly it's like if if I could just like smush together all of the different the disparate Boston running groups because like that's one of the things I talked with like Heather about is like one of the nice things is that like for the most part like the pro groups like get along pretty well and are not like afraid to like work out together and stuff and collaborate and then like maybe bring in like a couple of my favorite people from around the country like that seems like I mean I really one of the things I love about like my current team Tracksmith is like there's a real team vibe and like one of the things that like made basically define my college choice is like wanting to run for a college that like really emphasize like the team element of running and like I think that's like that's like the best part of a pro group you know it's like it's just having a bunch of people around who you love who love you who like support you and like doing this like what's ultimately like a pretty solitary thing you know are there any like what like what aspects of running would you want to or do you want to explore moving forward like I know there was maybe a hint that trail running was looking a little interesting to you recently not that you're necessarily oh gonna, gonna go down that path but I you you've hinted at it I've seen a couple longer runs and trails that you've done maybe in like North Carolina or Tennessee or something like that like are there other <laughs> are there other like competitive outlets that you're interested in or um are you just implying that i'm going to move to kentucky and take up trail running because i'm no no i'm not no no no, i'm not at all um no i mean i i really want to finish figure out the marathon like i've run one marathon and like definitely did not reflect like my best effort like i think the nice thing about like the next like olympic cycle is that like i basically decided to run I decided to like go for the standard for trials like pretty late in the cycle like I really didn't do half seriously until like late 2018 and then I only ran my first marathon like the basically the last possible time to do it for 2020 um and so now I feel like I've actually have felt like a weird it's been nice to like wipe the slate clean in terms of like 2020 was like a pretty shit year for me running wise and like a pretty shit year for like you know racism and you know life and the pandemic and everything <laughs> yeah but like I'm I'm kind of like like I had a conversation with my coach a couple of weeks ago where it's like the one thing I think about right now is I'm like I just want to make the 2024 trials and like it's nice to have both that kind of like clarity of focus and also like plenty of time like literally the first like race I even am thinking about coming up next is like May and like who knows if that will even happen so it's nice to just be like I just can just focus on getting really fit and figuring out how to run a fast marathon because I feel like I'm only just dipping my toes in that kind of end of the spectrum so no trails anytime soon that's for sure yeah how how close were you to the Olympic trials last time 
depends on how you count. The mantle. <laughs> um, basically, the the- yeah. So I was on pace through thirty-five k, and then had okay. a rough last three miles, and so like my final time was three minutes off. Mm. But like, I was on two eighteen pace through twenty-three miles, so like it. It depends on how you count it, <laughs> um, but and your oh, last that big sounds workout, so were... painful. Yeah, it literally, I've like I've run through a broken foot, like I've run through mono, like I've done a lot of pretty painful things in running, and I would say that nothing was more like I've never experienced more pain than like the last two miles of CIF (laughs) like it was just a level of like I do I'm honestly glad in a weird way I'm like glad I cratered in my first marathon because I feel like I'm like okay I now know exactly what blowing up feels like and like I know how awful it is so I feel like I'm very motivated to like hopefully not do it again or as badly (laughs) as I did the first time did that make you relate to some runners that you may have previously harshly judged for blowing up in the past more. Um, Is that a specific reference? No, it's not a specific reference, but okay. I feel like it's really easy like to be on the outside. Like, well, I mean, I do this all the time. I've never run a marathon. I'm no interest in doing one to be like, ugh, they just went out too hard. Like they should have done this, should have done that. Like we're the backseat coaches, you know? But yeah. like, does that attitude change after you're like, no, no, no. Like they bonked like there's no coming back like watching I don't know like marathon project or something like you have a new appreciation for it uh yeah I don't know I just like as a shorter distance person that's where I'm coming from (laughs) I feel like I like did it wrong the right way like I wouldn't say I think it's fair to like look on paper and like look at my half PR look at my you know, shorter personal best, look at the workouts I was doing like before CIM and like, you know, there's sometimes when you're like, okay, this person, you know, uh, this person is a 14, a 15 minute guy who thinks he's a 14 minute guy in the 5k or something like that. Like, I definitely feel like we all have that level of snarkiness where like, you do feel like somebody is like shooting for a goal that everyone around them knows is unrealistic, but like, and I definitely, I personally, I'm in that camp too, where it's like, I've definitely had times where I felt like I've been very focused on a goal that like, in retrospect, I was like, I wasn't in the fitness to like achieve that. No wonder I didn't achieve it, you know? But like, um, I, I think that like on paper, like I, it was very reasonable of me to think that I could run sub 219 on that day. And I didn't, but like, I don't think like, I wouldn't do anything differently. And like, I don't think, I think like there are people, there are people who make like very obvious mistakes in races. And that I think is easier to judge than like somebody who like went for it and it just wasn't their day, you know? Like, I think those are two very different things. I mean, I remember you following your training for that and it was like very good. So, I mean, that's, that's, a big accomplishment there just to have like adjusted to the marathon training, done that executed, giving yourself a real shot on race day and, you know, just come up short because it wasn't your day. You know, I think next time it'll probably be uh, like 
a lot easier to actualize on race day, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully. Well, should we ask our last questions? How do you want to wrap this baby up? Yeah, I, we, I guess we can wrap it up, yeah, unless you have any last hot hot takes uh, for, for me to, to rapid fire out. We can, we can do our final questions. I have a hot take question. All right. Who is, it could be one-sided, like they could not know you exist, your biggest enemy in the running world? Like someone that you're just like, you see them and you're like, oh God. Like, do you have like someone that you, you race against personally or someone, it could be a pro that just like gets you going the wrong way, like who grinds your gears? Um, I feel like David has like a hundred of these. I know, but he's got to pick one right now. He's got to pick this one. Is what his, this is what, when he has close friends and like close friends in his Instagram story, it's these people. I was like, David is, gives no fucks. Yeah. Well, I like that. I see. I. It's so interesting. This is maybe the, uh, this is something that like is good to give context for where it's like, I feel like I like cultivating the air of like David gives no fucks because I feel like the reality is like David is super self-conscious and wants everyone to love him all the time. So like whenever people, I feel like whenever having the like quote unquote brand of like, oh, I'm so like, you know, ballsy and like not afraid to speak my mind or whatever. It's like, that is almost like a conscious response to me being like, always self-censoring and always self-conscious and like always worried about like what people think of me so like it makes me happy if people think that I'm not like that because I feel like I am like that Mm. speaking of Instagram and you like developing your brand is there like a dream shot that you would put on your Instagram like whether you know it be a nude in the wilderness like I've seen or taken with you or some other kind of shot like is there like one kind of Instagram shot you really want to get um maybe not on the sicko sign well i feel like honestly it's like what our friend garrett friend of the pod like has an account that i will not put on blast but like he is from california and takes just like a lot of really awesome pictures of his butt in like really awesome nature and like that's the goal right there like that i wish i could get on his level of like having access to that kind of nature while still being like a drive from boston what about Instagram pet peeves? Does anyone really grind your gears or anything that anyone does on Instagram really grind your gears? Yeah, a million of them. Like, I think one thing that's grinded my gears a lot recently that I've definitely, I've probably talked about on the podcast before is like the really basic question to drive engagement where it's like the way the discover yeah. algorithm works is that like, if you- I'm so guilty of this. <laughs> if you have a lot of comments like that will be one of the things that like will put you at the top of people's like discover feeds and so you'll it's one of those like cannot be unseen things where it's like you'll start to see it all the time where a lot of like influencers or like pro runners or whatever will like you know post a picture of them like rolling out and being like oh like I love rolling out like it makes me feel so much better about training what's your favorite recovery routine question mark and then like they'll get people to comment like their favorite recovery routine and then like 
that drives their engagement, which is just like so, it's so hacky. Like, I don't, I think that's the thing that I, all of my Instagram pet peeves boil down to like attempts to hack the system where it's like, you should be funny or interesting or talented or whatever. Like that should be the draw. It shouldn't be like, you've figured out a way to become popular without like having good content. Like, and I feel like a lot of my Instagram puppies come down to that. I tried to do that with my own personal spin. Like I put up a rainy day photo and I said, what is your favorite movie rain scene? And why is it the end scene in holes? <laughs> See, that's funny though. It's like, <laughs> I, I like a good like meta comment on it. Like I, like... I see it too. It's so funny. You're just like, no one cares about that, but, yeah, it, but it is one of those things that it's 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 a hard balance in like the running world because you know we're all fighting for pennies. It's like something that you were saying about like the Hoka contract giving like Hoka gave some bachelor contestant shoes and you're like, where's that money going to? Why isn't it going to the pro running world? So we're all fighting over this like little Shana baby said piece that, of I just pie. It. But yeah, no, I think that that's <laughs> that's part of it too. And we've honestly like one of the weird things is like i feel like recently i'm like run your mouth has become like a media critique podcast (laughs) where we like talk about a lot of like the meta elements of like running but like i that's part of it too where it's like you know hustle how you gotta hustle you know what like there is no money in running and if it's like if you get a better if you are able to live on a contract do what you gotta do you know and and i think that like i always say it's like you know it's like the what's missing for me always is self-awareness or it's like your joke about like, what's your favorite rainy movie scene. It's like, there's the self-awareness there being like, okay, I'm going to make a joke about, you know, content driving engagement, et cetera. Like, I, I think that one of the, I talked to Morgan a lot about this. So it's like fresh in my mind, but it's like, I think that's one of the most annoying things is like when somebody either, is not aware of how they're coming off or refuses to like laugh at themselves. That to me is like nails on a chalkboard. It's like, that's so frustrating to like have that like. But do you think they're actually unaware is my question. Like, I think some people, if you don't personally know them, how do you know that they're unaware of it? Based on what they're putting. And that's kind of what I, that's how I feel where it's like, I think that's where the, the bar should be higher where like we like totally shouldn't we should hold all of ourselves to like and it's like this is so sanctimonious because this is basically just like me justifying being a judgmental asshole but it's like (laughs) you know it's like that we should be able to hold ourselves to a higher standard of like what we put out there beyond like can I get away with this, you know? And it's like, I think that that's part of it where it's like, again, it's like, I don't want to put anybody on blast, but it's like, when somebody's putting out their third giveaway contest of the week or like five of their last seven posts have been about like, you know, sponsored posts or like about one race or like whatever, it's like, you're just like, you like you can do that, but do that with the levity and the awareness that at least lets people know that it's like, okay, I, I understand what this is. And I can, it's like, you can always make the cheap hack, but I personally will give you a lot of more credit 
of um, like getting away with the like cheap move if you're like able to be like this is cheap but I'm doing it anyway you know <laughs> like like I said it's, it's self-awareness that is what I really want to see not that like no one should like everyone should just you know ascribe to my very narrow vision of like what is acceptable content amen well David we are your friends of the pod and we're just so proud of you for continuing continually putting things out that make people smile and you know truly oh just God. I think no I'm being serious here I'm being serious here but it's more of after creating a podcast my own totally copying you on the bandwagon and living in Boston and being your friend it is hard to be unique and it's hard to hold your own voice and I think you do that very well so hopefully all the run your mouth listeners agree with that what do you say to that Ben I 100% agree. Um, yeah, I mean, your I think checks are in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You you get something different out of out of runners um, that come on your pod. People get to hear a different side of the narrative from you, and I think that that's a really really cool thing and a special thing, um, which I think that is partially intentional and partially just who you are. To fifty more, at least. Anyways, yeah. Final three. Here and just chat for a sec. <laughs> No, we have to do the the final three. That's still an oh. episode of Run Your Mouth. We can all do them. Um, so your Instagram crush. Ooh, okay. What's interesting is I had, so I asked Instagram pet peeve, kind of like the opposite of Instagram crush there. And you answered that really detailed. I was actually going to yeah. ask like what restaurant you would open because I know you asked what, what's your death row meal and you're such a host that maybe you'd have an answer for that, but. Oh, that's clever. Like a flip on the, the yeah. final three questions. Did you have? I don't have one for the third. Um, for restaurant that would open, I feel like I would open like a like a butter and sugar packed bakery. Like I basically just want to own Cape Rada and Wellesley. If you guys know that place, mm-hmm. um, that sounds great. Do you have your so Instagram good. crush? I have mine. Oh, let's hear yours. Yeah, my Instagram crush is the account Diet Prada. Um, they are a fashion account, but they kind of just like. <laughs> or they expose people (laughs) to and recent they like very politically active as well but recently they exposed um three white women for gentrifying and whitewashing mahjong the game and i just think it's so entertaining i don't know if i should but i think that they do a really good job of calling people out for um just you know, things that should be unacceptable in 2020. So uh, that is my Instagram crush. It's probably who I binge scroll the most. Oh my God. I just thought of a really embarrassing one. Um, so uh, um, I, I will say that my Instagram crush is just like any sort of TikTok trend that involves like hot guys is like generally I'm, I'm on board. Like my TikTok definitely goes between thinking that I am like I'm either like a middle-aged lesbian or like a very thirsty gay man and I feel like I appreciate both of those streams of content and what's yours it's so it's this Instagram page called cheap property EU <laughs> and it, it's like Zillow but absurdly cheap houses across Europe and some of them are, are like definite fixer-uppers but they have this old like they have these like really cool vibes. A lot of them, they're like these like, you know, 
like on these old streets in Italy and things like that. And they're really cheap. And some are like really nice given how cheap they are. Um, how but cheap? I think it's like, are we talking like you can afford them? Like they're like $70,000 or euros, Jesus which Christ. isn't that much. It's not that much more dollars. Wait, but. Is this, is it cheap houses or is it a Europe one? What's that? What, cheap property. Cheap EU property houses. EU. Okay. I got to follow. All right, David, what's your death row meal? Um, I literally uh, am extremely full right now. So I feel like I'm always bad at coming up with death row meals when I'm extremely full. But um, a, a good like holiday meal that I always like is stuffed shells. That's like, a, for whatever reason, my family always says stuffed shells on Christmas Eve. I don't know if that's like an Italian thing or what, but like, I love me some, love me some stuffed shells. What about you, Dana? So, ooh, I, I think I remember what I said last time, so I'm, tr I'm trying not to repeat it. <laughs> I think my last meal on this earth, probably just going to be like a really delicious hot fudge banana split sundae, like with the best ice cream I've ever had in my life. <laughs> That's the meal. That sounds good to me. Buzz? That sounds incredible. Uh, I don't know. I think it might be um, 2019 pre-Falmouth dinner at uh, Dana's family's house. Oh, I was thinking so about courses. that too. <laughs> they were, there were courses coming out that just no one even knew were going to be there. There was definitely there were like steaks, a lot of pasta. There's really entertainment I, too. Yeah. yeah. I'm really glad I wasn't peaking for that race because there was definitely like I'm generally not a super picky like what I eat the night before a race person, but like that definitely pushed the limits of, I was like, this is a lot of really delicious food. <laughs> For context, my dad, my dad makes the Italian red, red sauce that takes all day and just all the meats inside. You're not allowed to be a vegetarian in my house. <laughs> yeah, but Go I think that's absolutely something that I would eat on my death row. Like just a long extended meal, some nice people yeah. around. Yeah. Oh, that, I could song. kill for that right now. Go to karaoke song. Ooh, go to karaoke song. Wow. Wow. That is a tough one. You know, I think I might, in honor of you, David, I'm going to go with some Lizzo. Nice. And which Lizzo song is the question? Maybe Juice to sing with you. That's a classic. I like that. Um, I think I will say, I feel like, uh, if you're going to do juice, I'll do truth hurts. And then we can like, uh, we'll do it. Lizzo night at karaoke. Yeah. All right, Ben, Oz, are you jumping you in? Are you, you're taking the next road? Taking the next road. Um, the, the, you don't have to do Lizzo. You can do your own thing. Oh, okay. okay yeah. Um, maybe like boneless by Steve Aoki. So I'm just up there, just going like bump, 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 bump. No words, the whole song. <laughs> you don't want to do Duel of the Fates? <laughs> oh no, yeah, that's it, that's it. Um, Duel of the Fates, which is um, something David, James Brandon, and uh, Marshall Volcano, and I wanted to do at karaoke at one point. We just couldn't find a bar that it's was like doing karaoke that night, the, so we couldn't get it done. The instrumental from like Star Wars Episode One that has like 
it has like voices in it, but it's not words. Like it's just like choral voices and it goes hard. Cool. And we like, we had one night where it was just the four of us in a car, just like playing that on repeat, just like all taking up. It was just ridiculous. It's hard to explain, but it was ridiculous. One <laughs> of my- wouldn't... Oh, Go no, for it. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, it wouldn't be a perfect karaoke song, but it would be great in that like half of the people in the room would not know how to react. They'd probably hate it. And then the other half would be like, oh my God, they're doing Duel of the Fates. This is incredible. Yeah, and they'd they're be definitely, super fired up. You definitely get a couple people who would like, it would make their night. And then like 80% yeah. of the people there would be very confused. <laughs> yeah. You might get a free drink out of it if you're in a bar, for sure. So. I've always wanted to do uh, the tequila song. That's just like, da 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 And then the whole bar together. Tequila. tequila. So we're, we're going to make that happen post-pandemic. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for, for doing this and being the, the guest hosts of uh, Run Your Mouth. I hope people like this. I feel like there might be some editing that has to happen over the course of the episode. But, uh, until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. Hey, my boy.